Okay. So we're going to pick up at Luke 12, 49. Um, and, and this is one of those times where I really have an issue. I mean, how did they ever decide? Where, where, how did they decide where to put chapters and verses? You know, like, sorry, but this one doesn't fit, at least as you're going through it, even topic-wise and stuff. I mean, you can put it there, and now we know how to find the verse that we're looking for or whatever, but, boy, 13, I would, if you were going to put it in there, I would have made chapter 13 start at verse 10. Um, but whatever, you know, so it's going to seem a little disjointed or, or whatever today as we go, but we'll, we'll do our best and we'll, we'll see where we get to from there. All right. Some interesting things I might, I know it's hard to believe, but I might end up finishing early cause I didn't want to start the next section cause it's a long, I want to start verse 10. There's a lot more stuff there, and then it goes into all those um, little parables and stuff. And so we'll just go as far till I get to the end of that, and then Mark Bull can deal with it <laughs> however he wants and however we break it up after that. So let's start at verse 49, Luke 12, 49. I came to send fire on the earth, but how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on the earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. From now on, for from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two, and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father and father and mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Then he also said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, a shower is coming, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, will there not, it will be hot weather. <laughs> Sorry. There will be hot weather, and there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, and how it is you do not, and how is it that you do not discern this time? Yes, why even yourselves do you not judge what is right? When you go with your adversary to the magistrate, make every effort along the way to settle with him, lest he drag you to the judge. And the judge deliver you to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you shall not depart from there till you have paid the very last night. Okay, we'll stop there, and we'll continue on. I, I decided not to sit on a stool, because I'm, yeah. So I'm using this, because this is just the right height to lean against, okay? So, thank you. All right. So here we came, and here as we start, um, well, let's open, let's look to the Lord in prayer. I could use some help. <laughs> Father, we thank you for bringing us together today, and we pray that you would guide us in your word as we look at these things, that you would speak to our heart and help us to apply it to our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So he starts off here on a, 
maybe a, a way you wouldn't have thought about. He says, I came to send the fire. And we think, in fact, we, we, you know, this time of the year, and Bill did a wonderful thing as sharing about the Lord and how he came as a child or as a baby, and nobody's afraid of a baby, you know? And um, I was thinking as you were sharing, but wait till we get to Luke 12 today, <laughs> you know? And, and it's true, nobody's afraid of a baby. And I think that's why they, they like if we're going to do anything about Jesus, let's do it about his birth, because we're not afraid of babies. You know, they, they don't do anything. And we do our best to share that Jesus didn't come just to be a baby. He grew up, and he died on the cross for you. And here, as we see in, in Luke here, he says, I came to send fire. He came to judge, okay? And as we look at these things, we see, well, obviously, he didn't come right then. He didn't come to judge, okay? He's looking at his coming and a bigger picture that sometimes makes prophecy confusing and things as we look at it. But he, he's, his first coming and his second coming are sort of the same to him as we look at it. He's gone away for a little bit. And we see that in the, in the parables and in the stories. You know, he came and he's leaving for a little bit, but he's coming back. It's not like he's all done. He's gone into a far country, uh, and he's going to return. And we, we looked at some of those things, the beginning of 12 here and stuff, where the, the servant is supposed to be on the watch. He's supposed to be looking, waiting for him to return. And when he comes back, it's not at all going to be the nice little thing that he came with on the first time. You know, it's, it, he came to send fire. <clears throat> and he's wishing at this point that were already kindled. And I think a little bit, and this is always hard for me to balance, but I think we're seeing the humanity or, or whatever, <clears throat> the parts of, of God that we sometimes gloss over. We don't think of them so much because we think of how long-suffering and patient and all those things that God is. But here he's maybe showing a little frustration or or the opposite side of his, his love and, and long-suffering for us. How I wish that it were already kindled. You know, he comes into this world and they're rejecting him. I, I could wish it were already kindled, you know. But he does go on and say, but I have a baptism to be baptized with first. And, and referring to his death, I'm sure. And, and see how distressed I am till it's accomplished. I've got to die. I've got to bring the opportunity for life for the whole world. And so I got this other job to do first. I could wish that we, we just skipped that and we just judged, but I have something to do first. And so in verse 51 then, he goes on, Do you suppose I came to give peace on the earth? I tell you not at all, but rather division. And lots of times we don't think about that, right? I mean, we know it to be true. My family, I didn't have, I mean, I, when we, we have prayer and stuff, um, and I didn't have this, this issue, well, not totally anyway, where I had family that wasn't saved, you know? Like, I was fortunate 
I'm not sure I could, I was blessed, maybe it would be a better, and my family was all saved, you know, and, and our family was all is, was saved, and, and we look at that, and so I don't have that same, same division, you know, and some families have more division than others, I'm sure, and sometimes it's even friends or whatever, we, we, we see that, you know, but there's going to be division, because some are going to believe in Christ, and some are not going to believe in Christ, and they always seem to react or to respond forcefully, maybe would be the best word. I remember it wasn't my first job, but I worked at one place, and it was uh, AMI, Assembly Machines Incorporated, and I had worked up, I was a machine designer, and I had a boss that he was He's, he was a machine designer too, but he's the engineer in our group. Um, but we used to talk about things from now and now and again. And um, his his response was always that he wasn't worried about it. You know, when he got to hell, they were all going to have a party because that's the way he lived. You know, that was his thing on the weekends. They might. It always makes me laugh. It still makes me laugh to have people come, oh, we had such a great time. We got so wasted. They can't remember anything. But it was a great time. Can't wait to do it again next week. And that's all, just like, really? And I would say that, like, really? Like, that's, that's good? That's, you know, I can remember what I did this weekend. I went and did this. We went and did that. You know, it was a really good weekend. But I can remember what I did. <laughs> But, but, and with still, I mean, I'm sure the world is still like that, you know? The world's still like that. There's some that would speak up and say, oh, well, I'm not worried about it. We're going to get together with my, with my buddies because we're all going to hell, and we'll just have a, a, a party. And I'm thinking, but you haven't ever read the description, right? You don't know what hell's like if you think you're going to have a party, you know? But that's, that's the way the, the world would do it and come against it. And there's such a division and, and Satan has people so deluded and so fooled into what, what they think, you know? I, I, I would almost guess that there's probably more people that believe in the devil than believe in God, but I'm not sure that. I don't know if we've ever taken a poll that way or anything, but <clears throat> we give him credit and probably rightly so for a lot of things you know but he it's sort of like to me that the devil we kind of turned the devil into the same thing as a santa claus where you know it's okay if you believe in him and all that kind of stuff but he really might not be uh you know and all those things and so we live in a really scrambled world you know we live in a really scrambled world and jesus is saying but i came to bring fire when he comes back this next time, he's bringing fire. It's, you know, judgment is coming. And so we see that. And, and so we shouldn't be surprised by the, by the division in families and friends. And, and I think we could take that into um, communities and, and so forth, you know. We look at the, some things, I don't know that they make sense. I understand, but... You know, we've got all this stuff with Israel and Hamas, you know, and I, it, it astounds me 
that there's such, uh, such support, or seems to be such, let's be, maybe be best to put it that way, such support for Hamas. Like, who started it? You know, I mean, granted, if we really step back and look at it, it was started long ago. But who started this back up again this time? You know, but we look at it and we hear the things and I, you know, I mean, it's a sign of the times and we'll get to that. But, you know, why are we on Hamas's side? At the same time, why are we on, you know, because I don't think people understand, nor do we do a good job of explaining it, nor do I think we should also be quite as supportive of Israel as we come out to be, because... We're not really supporting Israel. We're covering our, covering our backside, you know, a lot of those things. But as we look at it and stuff, like I was just astounded. And, and we see some of, or a lot of it is on our college campuses and things. Okay, I can understand that a little bit. You know, there's some pretty questionable people educating our young now. But, but really? And then... <laughs> greatest one to me was there was a big demonstration at a shopping mall. Like, why would you demonstrate at a shopping mall against, you know, I I mean, that one just kind of doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I can see if you just want to protest or whatever that you might pick there because there should be a lot of people, but anyway, enough of that. And so we see that. So there's a lot of division. And part of what, where I had been going was that I guess they've done a study. I don't, I'll just throw it out there. I'm not sure who, I can't remember who did it or how it was, but with the rise in anti-Semitism, there I knew I could say it right if I thought about it, anti-Semitism, we're also rising on the hate crimes against uh, Asians and blacks and all of those are rising along with it. And I'm thinking, well, why? And, uh, but people want to hate, you know? And, and Christ came, there's going to be division. And, and so we see these things. Um, and I don't know if that's just an American, it could be just a thing in America more than worldwide. Um, but there we go. So in verse 54, then he also came to the multitudes and he said, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say a shower is coming. And so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be hot weather. And there is. You hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. And how is it you do not discern this time? (laughs) And I was getting ready to speak and a couple of weeks ago, I was covering at the federal building. So the federal building, I have to get up really early for me. I don't like, my body does not work well that way. But they normally start at 5 a.m., but I get the privilege, because I'm covering for my supervisor, to come in at 7. So I don't have to get up till like 5 or a little after. And that's really nice. But, it, you know, it, those of you who get up then, you know, it's dark out, like... This is just depressing to get up early like that. But the neat thing was, 
I got there, like I said, I'm, I have to be there by seven, so I'm a little before seven, but man, the sky was this beautiful red. It was gorgeous, even downtown, which I'm not a big downtown anywhere fan, but the sky was just great. And I'm thinking, red sky in morning, sailors take warning, you know? Same thing as here, like, we've got this thing, and sure enough, you know, there was a front coming, and, and I can't remember, I think it did rain later in the afternoon that day, you know? But we all know that one, right? I mean, I grew up with that. Red sky morning, sailors take warning. You know, red sky at night, sailors delight. And so we're, we're always looking. We, we get some really gorgeous sunsets anyway, off the way that we're sitting or whatever. And so, you know, we're always looking to see if the sky's going to be red that night. You know, we're going to have a nice day tomorrow. You know, that kind of thing. But, you know, and I forget about the ones of, when south wind means it's going to be hot, you know, but it is, you know, and you watch, you know, especially in the summertime, boy, when that wind comes up out of the south, that's when we have our, our heat waves and everything. But, you know, we have that. And uh, one of the, I never thought about the clouds in the west because everything comes from the west, sort of, for us. Not exactly. Nor'easters do not come from the west. But, um, you know, that kind of thing. But Jesus here, he condemns them. You know, you can read the skies. You can read the earth. You know, you can predict the weather type thing, essentially. You know, but how is it that you can't discern the times? You know, and I was thinking about that and thinking, well, how much times exactly did they have to discern at this point? You know, Jesus is there. He's going to die on the cross and everything. And this is all part of the plan, and we can see all that. But the part that I tend to forget to look at is it was predicted. It was predicted? Prophesied. There we go. That's the more scriptural term for it. <laughs> it was prophesied that Jesus was going to come. And he was going to come as a baby and all those things. And they weren't looking for it. You know, here he is. And they're condemning him and, and finding fault with him and, and everything. And yes, it's part of God's plan. But none of them are seen. Well, I shouldn't say none of them. Back to the beginning of Luke, we had Simeon and Anna, and some of them were looking, and they discerned the time. But the, the Pharisees here that are, are really giving them the hard time and stuff and, and so forth, they're not discerning the time, you know. I think of the verse, if they would have realized, uh, this is my paraphrase, but if they realized who he was, they wouldn't have crucified the Son of Glory. And it's so kind of glad that they didn't. At the same time, he had told them, you know, he had told them. And he knew what the plan was and he knew how they were going to react and all of those things. But he, he can um, condemn them here. You hypocrites, you can discern the skies and the earth and you know the scriptures, but you can't discern the time that who I am. You know, you don't see that. So that helps, knowing it, thinking of it that way, helps a little bit here with, yes, in verse 57, and why even of yourselves do you not judge what is right? When you go with your adversary to the magistrate, make every effort along the way to settle with him, lest he drag you to the judge, and the judge deliver you to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you shall not depart from there till you have paid 
the very last might. Look at it. Think about, about it there. So as you're going before the magistrate, the judge is coming. He started that. I, I came to bring fire. You know, I came to judge. Not doing that yet. But on your way to the magistrate, wouldn't, don't you usually try to work this, this legal problem out on your way so that when you get there, I mean, essentially, you know, he goes through, you, you go with your adversary, you make every effort to settle with him on the way, lest he take you to the judge, and the judge throw you into prison. And you're not going to leave till you pay the very last mite. See the parallel? You Pharisees, whoever else, for that matter, that are falling into that camp, you need to work this out with your adversary before you get to the judge. Because when the judge throws you into prison... You're not going to leave till you pay the very last mite. You're, you, you know, and I'm thinking, whoa, now I get it better. You know, I understand where he's going and, and, and so forth, you know. So we need, while we're here, and, and it's a probably even a good way to look at it, we need to make peace with our adversary. And that adversary, adversary would be Jesus Christ. We need to make peace. He, he's made, paved the way, made the way for us to be saved. We need to make peace with him before we get to the judge because <laughs> then it's too late. Oh, good. So moving on to verse 13, we're just going to read the first nine verses there. So there were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them? Do you think that they were worse sinners than all the other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. He also spoke this parable to them. A certain man had a fig tree planted in a vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. So, so we continue on. Sort of uh, very much in the same vein of, of thought. Okay, there were people there. I'm sure now he's got their minds going a little bit. And so they bring up, well, what about those Galileans that Pilate killed when they were offering sacrifices? You know, were the, was that their judgment? Um, was that, you know, that type of, was it because they were sinners? And that seemed to be more of a question um, in their period, maybe even for us till a little while ago. We don't think about people dying um, unexpectedly or in some catastrophe or anything as judgment from God. I mean, sometimes in the back of our mind we might wonder, 
you know, um, and things and, and how God's working in the big scheme of things. Why did they die? You know, I remember thinking, that, wondering, not that, they, but when uh, Keith Green was killed in the plane crash, you know, I'm thinking, wow, you know, like, how does that work in God's plan? Like, I know it does, but like, you know, and so sometimes we think that way, but we're getting so jaded in a bad way, I guess. You know, now when there's a mass shooting, we don't question, well, what, what's the community like? Why, why were all those people killed? You know, why in Buffalo were all those people killed at this market? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, and we don't first go, well, they must have all been sinners, you know. And the funny thing is, even as he does it, well, they're not, they're, they were all sinners, you know. They were all sinners, but they're not worse, any worse sinners than, than you guys, you know. But if you don't repent, you're going to die just like they did. That's Jesus' response, you know. They weren't any worse than you, and, and he doesn't even explain necessarily why or anything. He, he probably knows the answers and stuff. But unless you repent, you're going to die just like they did. <clears throat> he, he, they come again, well, what about, you know, there, there was a terrible catastrophe there. The Tower of Siloam fell on 18 people and killed them. And, and some of the commentators looked at it and said, well, you know, it's kind of prophetic on that one because on that one, you would think about it, a rock fell and crushed them. And there's the, the verses about, you know, let it grind them to pieces, you know, when the, they're, the millstone or whatever falls on them and what, whatnot, you know. And so, you know, here maybe we could even make a little more um, spiritual application with it, but... Do you think that they were worse sinners than all the others who dwelt in Jerusalem? I said, tell you no. They weren't. They just, they were killed. That was their time. That was, a, it's appointed them to man wants to die. You know, and after that, the judgment. And, and that goes so much even with the end of 13 there. While you're on the way, you need to make peace with your adversary. You know, because when you see the judge, and the judge condemns you to prison, to prison it's, it's too late. You're not going to leave there. And so we see that here as we, as we go through. I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So he tells them <clears throat> here the parable of the fig tree. And I'm not a farmer. I got this from the farmers or whatever. And if you went to Israel, maybe they would tell you the same thing. But the the Growers, the grape growers, the vineyard keepers, whatever, they plant fig trees near the vineyards because the fig tree tells them what kind of soil, how good the soil is. Okay? The root system of the fig tree is very, very similar to the grapes. Okay? Grapes are, I, knew, I do know something about grapes because my, my uncle had grapes and we used to work in the vineyard and I remember in the fall, you know, we'd go pick grapes. It's a wonderful, wonderful job. It's not really too bad at all, except when you reach in and you get a bunch of grapes that are past ripe, and now the bees are on them, the especially yellow jackets love those things. And you sometimes, not often, because usually you would see them buzzing around, but you could reach in and grab them and end up with a bee between your hands and the grape bunch that you just picked, and it hurts when that happens. Um, 
And so I remember that. My other the job that I really hated to no end um, was pulling brush, you know, because they go in and they trim those grapes back, just like they talk about there in uh, Luke, John 15, whatever, you know. He trims those grapes, man. They go through and they cut down, and they, so they end up with like three good canes off of that vine, and, they, and you get to pull everything else off the wires, you know. And you do that at this wonderful time of the year that we're coming to, usually January and February. When it's coldest out is when you pull the brush because then when you yank on the vines, instead of just bending like, you know how flexible they are. You know, so that's why you do it when it's so cold. So that when you yank on them, they snap and you can actually pull it off. And the thing that I always hated was, you know how that works, right? I mean, you've all pulled on something. It, the, those vines would tighten around your hand as you pull and squish it like so you usually did it with two or three pair of gloves on one it's cold outside and two you need the extra cushioning so that it, you don't feel like your fingers are getting caught off every time you you yank on the things you know but that was a <clears throat> that's what i know about grapes and i can make lots of interesting things about that but here he's got this fig tree planted there so that he knows how good the soil is for his grapes right and as we look at it, what do we see here? For three years, you look, for three years, thinking we're in the third year, but for three years I've been coming to this fig tree to get figs and there's nothing on it. Cut it down. And here we see, I think, some, some pretty good prophecy too. No, 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 the vineyard owner says. Let's give it one more year. Let's plant, dig up around it and fertilize it and everything. And see how it does this year. If it doesn't produce anything this year, I will cut it down. And I'm thinking, wow. You know, I don't notice, I don't know that I noticed before. You know? But here it is. If that's if we're in its third year and he's saying there's it hasn't borne any fruit yet, you know. And the vineyard owner's saying, but yeah, but you're going to die this year. <laughs> you're going to give your life for the world. You know? So let's give it one more year. Let's dig it around it and everything, and then we can cut it down. <clears throat> and, and so we could see that here as a picture of Israel, but we can also see it here as that God doesn't put up with it forever. You know, He is going to come and judge. We're going to cut it down, you know, just like he prunes and and takes care of the vineyard, he's going to take care of this fig tree. And he's, so here we see that. Where are we at, you know, as we look at our lives? You know, do we need to, to see that? Do we need to, to deal with that? Are we discerning the times? That was the big question that I'm thinking. And, and how does that work out? Like, we're all aware, you know, we were asked, well, the way things are, you know, Jesus has to come back pretty soon, right? I remember saying that in the, seven, in the 70s, in the 1970s. Some of you weren't even born yet. But we were already saying, you know, he's got to be coming really soon. You know, now we're at 2024, right? What is it? And so, and, and my point would be, that sometimes we're watching, we're looking, <clears throat> but we start to get like 
lackadaisical about it. Like, it's going to happen, you know. I'm sure it's going to happen. He's going to come soon. But I forget what's involved with really watching, you know. I'm supposed to really be watching the times. And so on that I'm ready when the, when the <clears throat> vineyard owner, when, you know, which, whichever picture we're looking at, when the bridegroom returns, I'm ready. I'm watching every day. I'm there looking. I'm ready. I'm, I've done the things I need to do. Everything is ready for him to come back. And I know in my heart and in my life, I get like, yeah, he's going to come back pretty soon. And I keep doing what I'm doing, you know. It's kind of like <clears throat> checking your battery and your antifreeze and everything. You know, you know winter's coming. You know, Coast Tire—they got quite the thing going now because when you come in for service or whatever, they automatically check your battery and all that stuff because it's you know, it's a plus battery. I mean, have you tried to buy a battery lately? You know, they're up, they're up there, but they're ready to to do that, and you know, and it's not a bad thing. They come in and they tell you, you know, your, your battery would normally put out, I don't know, 1,250 crank, you know, crank, cold crank amps. And right now your battery is putting out 75. So you might want to replace it, you know. And that's when it's not even real cold because you already drove it there. <laughs> but, you know, you see those things. But it's that kind of watching for me sometimes. Like, I know to check it, you know. And I know I need my next bottle of antifreeze, wiper antifreeze that I put in better be the winter kind, not the summer kind, you know, because it's already getting cold enough that I'm sure it has ice on top of it, you know, that kind of thing. But, but we, we know to look, we know to watch, but we're not vigilant, you know, we're not vigilant. It would, I'm sure, change how we share the gospel to some extent, at least, um, you know, it, would, it changes the way we live because our perspective and our values change a little bit with that as we know the Lord's coming soon. Like, you know, am I worried about the new car that it's going to cost me, you know, three times what it would have cost when I was a kid? Like, I look at the car prices now and I'm like, wow, you've got to be kidding me. $60,000 for a car? Or tr- forget the truck, you know? I mean, I'd like to have a truck. Not sure what I'd do with it now at this point, but you know they're even worse. And you look at that, and then you know the I took took the car to get it inspected, and thankfully it passed, so I got another year out of my car. Um, but <clears throat> we look at it and stuff, and they're they're busy. <laughs> I think the police stopped checking even. You know, my inspection was due the end of September, and I took it in the beginning of October because that's when I could get in, and then. There was a couple of things that needed, and I needed to fix that. And so he could get me back in on November 9th or 10th or something like that, you know. So here I am a month and a half past my inspection, thinking, well, when the policeman pulls me over, I'm going to just tell him I've got an appointment, <laughs> you know. I'm sure he's going to understand because that's the way they're so busy because everybody's fixing their car, not everybody, but most people are fixing their car because they can't afford to not fix their car anymore. Yeah. And so we see those things. But what a different vigilance it is as we do that is it's time for inspection. You know, am I doing all the things that God wants me to be doing as I'm waiting for him? Am I doing, am I a good servant? Am I ready? Am I waiting for him to knock at the door so I can open it up and let him in? 
And I'll have to, you know, there are, there are lots of times. If he knocks on the door, my first thing is going to be, I'm going to jump. And when I land after that, then I'm going to think, now, who could that be? And it'll come to me, though. That could be <laughs> Jesus. Maybe I should open the door. <laughs> you know? That could, and and um, I, I hate to say that, but at the same time, it, like, I, can't, I know I'm not the only person. You know? I know I'm not the only person that's that way. And I'm looking. What about all the Christians that aren't, they don't care. My life insurance is paid up. I'm going to live like I want to live, you know. And so we see that. How are we living? Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. We do thank you that he came to judge, but before he judged, he died. And he lives again. And he came to give us life. Father, I pray that we would <clears throat> approach it with being that person along the road, maybe that could help advise the two on the way to the judge, that they need to settle it before they meet the judge. Pray that we could, we could do that and that we would be better servants of you as we wait for your return. We just would thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.